0: Hey, you know, as, a, as your pastor, I want to always help you. I want, to get, I want to be the biggest blessing to you and help you in practical ways. And so for some of you that raised your hand, that hadn't gotten your Christmas gifts yet, or those of you who haven't finished up, I wanted to help you today and give you some gift ideas. You want some gift ideas? I want to give you some good gift ideas. Um, and these are the, probably the things that you should not get someone for Christmas. Okay. So make sure to keep these. If you're, if you still need some gift ideas, don't put these on your Christmas, but I want to show you just a couple that I thought might would be good just to kind of keep you away from, um, the dream griddle. Anybody want the dream, the dream griddle? Uh, you can set it before you go to bed, put the eggs on it, the bacon, you know, lay it there. And, uh, and not only do you have a wake up call, you wake up to the smell of bacon. Come on. How many, you know, that's a glorious sight. Bacon. Or your feet burning because it's at your feet and your foot's on the griddle. I don't know how that plays out, but uh, the dream griddle. I don't know if I would want to get that one. How about the the, the desk cycle? Um, I probably would keep the desk cycle off of the thing. Let me just give all the, all the men in here, let me just give you a quick tip real quick. For Christmas, don't buy your wife anything that has to do with exercise, okay? Nothing, all right? Nothing like that. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that might be fun. Um, the family blankies. Y'all, y'all want this one? Um, the thing I love about this, the thing I absolutely, you know, I, I think I might would want this gift because not only does it does it blanket cover up to eight people, it can also cover my van, which is a really nice, nice way. Either way, however way you want to play it out, you want to put it on the van, you want to put it on the family, get everybody in. It's got one sleeve on each end. So mom and dad can hold, looks like a 1978 encyclopedia. Um, so that's, that's going to be great too. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else we got the life clock. I don't know if y'all have heard about this. This is, this is a, a real app that can be downloaded onto your iPod, your Apple watch, whatever it is. And it's actually, it shouldn't be called a life clock. It actually should be called a death clock. This is, this is, you can go look it up for yourself. This is true. This is legit. This clock will help you know how much time you got left until you die. This is legit. Look this up. So they go in and they do a series of 20 questions. And based off of the 20 questions, they determine when you will die. <laughs> they feel like it will help you live out your life as best as possible. I think it's a bit morbid, to be honest with you. Uh, 57 years. and forth. <laughs> Okay. All right. And then the last but not least one, I think, is uh, the knapsack. Um, I actually would like this one. I mean, if y'all want to get this. I, I like that nobody's got the knapsack in worship, though, today. I mean. <laughs> That's what I like the most. Uh, meetings. Hey guys, I need a nap real quick. You don't even have to go to your office. Just put the knapsack on. You're totally fine. All is cool. Get asleep. And it says, uh, th- there's even an app for your nap. So I think that would be, that would be, that'd be cool. Anyways. Hey, turn your Bibles to John three sixteen with me, or you can take your notes out and follow along with me. All joking aside, this is a season of, of giving gifts and, um, you know, we wonder, I think, where did this idea of giving gifts come from? I mean, why do we give gifts in the, in the first place? And, and it really, it came from God. God is the greatest gift giver. And uh, John three sixteen, which is the most well-known verse probably in all of the Bible. You don't have to be in church to know this verse. But it actually shows us wh- that God is a giver. And it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so today we, we celebrate that, that God gave his son. His son was the greatest gift Jesus is the greatest gift. Let me just go ahead and put that out on the table today. Jesus is the greatest gift. He is the greatest gift you'll ever receive. He's the greatest gift you'll ever have. He is the greatest gift, but with Jesus comes a lot of other gifts as well. And so, uh, so today in our time together, I want to share with you just three. There's so many, there's a lot of other gifts, but I want to give you three gifts that when we have Jesus, we get these other gifts with him. And so the first gift, if you want to write it down, we love taking notes around. If you got your note cards, wave it at me. Let me see Let me see it. Come on. All right. When I get my preach on, you can wave that at me. All right. It helps out. So number one is this, this is the first thing that God gives us. He gives us hope. He gives us hope. Now, when you look at the story of the, the Christmas story in Matthew, it's a, it's a story of hope, hope. Is this? If you want to write this down, maybe off on the side, hope is the confident expectation that God will come through. Hope is the confident expectation that God will come through. We've been in this series called Advent, which is a, a celebration of a season leading right up to Christmas. And if you don't know what Advent is, Advent really means an expectation of an arrival. That's what Advent is. Advent is a season where we prepare our hearts for the greatest arrival ever in history. And so if you know any of the history of the story of Christmas in, in Matthew chapter one, we, we get this idea of Jesus coming to earth and the announcement and all that. But you got to back up and get kind of some of the backstory you see in the Old Testament. Matthew is the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, there was 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that there would come. There would come a savior. Who would redeem people and fix things and make all things right? And there was over three hundred of these prophecies. But at the end of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, between Malachi and the announcement of Jesus coming, does anybody know how many years that is? There's four hundred. For us, it's a page, but for them, it was four centuries, four hundred years. And here's the thing about four hundred years: it was four hundred years of Just like that. Silence. God didn't say a word. Now, think about this for a minute. 300 prophecies in the Old Testament saying that there's a Savior that's going to become, and then you got this 400 span of no prophet, no miracle, no word. Waiting, waiting, and waiting children of israel were in a really kind of tough place as well because not only was this season of waiting just seemed to be exorbitant but they were they were actually oppressed by the roman empire the roman empire was ruling them oppressing them king herod was 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 a tyrant and not only that did they not only have this oppression but now they have it's literally a hopeless situation because it doesn't seem like god's showing up the romans are oppressing us and where's the savior that's been prophesied for so long god's done nothing and there's this waiting. I don't know about you, but uh, I think we all hate to wait. Y'all, y'all hate to wait? I hate waiting. Absolutely hate it. That's why I despise doing any kind of Black Friday shopping. Anybody been to Lafayette in the last two weeks? No, most of you haven't. You know why? Because you would be waiting, waiting in traffic, waiting at Toys R Us, waiting in lines, waiting for everything. Everything would be a wait. And I hate wait, waiting. And so I thank God for Amazon. Can I get an amen for Amazon? ToysRUs.com, Walmart.com. Come on, anybody with me on that? Love the Internet. So thankful for it. Thankful for it. I I don't even like three to five days shipping with Amazon. So I make sure if it's prime, then I'll get it. That's two days. okay? because I want it. I want it faster. I want it here. We say things like, Why is this taking so long? with a microwave of one minute. (laughs) We hate to wait. We hate waiting. I hate waiting. Uh, Maybe for some of you that are in here, this might bring back some memories. Guys, can we play this? And maybe you can think about waiting and and, and listen to this sound. Let's see. Remember this? You've got mail. Everybody that's born after 1990, I just lost all of y'all. Every one of y'all. How you remember AOL with the modem watching the little man go across and he's like stuck. Y- y'all remember that? Yeah. Most of y'all don't remember. That's right. Because you don't have to wait for internet anymore. We get it like that. Unless you're in this building, then you can't get it. So, um, we don't, we don't like waiting. And if, the crazy thing is back in those days, we didn't care to wait for that. That was okay. Now our internet's like, you know, do pull up in three seconds. We're like, what's going on? I need a new phone. I need a new phone, <laughs> right? That's how we get it's what we do. We hate waiting. We hate it. Absolutely despise waiting. We've been, how, how many of y'all put Christmas um, presents underneath your tree before Christmas, just to torture your children. Anybody in here? yeah y'all know what that is we've had christmas presents lindsey's had a bunch of stacked of them you know as they've come in through amazon um as it not all of them but most of them have come in through boxes i've told Lindsay, let's let's wrap them as soon as they come in because uh because i know my boys and so uh we wrapped them and she's been putting them under the tree and it has been without fail every single day no lie joel has asked us dad can i open it dad can i open this present dad can i open that one and he comes and he brings it to me and he's like this i know what it is And I said, I'll take it back. Okay, so it taken, and he he wants to open it. The anticipation and waiting is killing him. It's killing him. I don't know about y'all, but in our family, there's been something else that we've been waiting for and waiting for for so long. And it's finally arrived. Star Wars 7 is here. (laughs) A year and a half of watching the trailer over and over again. And today will be the day. How many of you wish that God would do something like that where you knew when He would just show up? How many of you think that it would be awesome if we had a deadline that we knew, hey, January 7th, I'm going to come through? How many know that would be a lot easier? But how many know that doesn't require faith? How many know that God is not in a hurry? Have y'all noticed that? He's not on your time. And I think in here, if we were very honest, all of us are waiting. On something. All of us are waiting on something. Maybe you're waiting for a new job. Maybe you're waiting for the promotion. Maybe you're waiting for a relationship to be reconciled and someone to finally say they're sorry. Maybe it's more serious. Maybe you're waiting for a a house to go through or a deal to go through. Maybe you're waiting. Maybe you're waiting for a diagnosis. Maybe you're waiting for, in like in our situation, a, a complete healing. And you're just waiting. Maybe maybe you're waiting for a baby. Maybe you're waiting for a, a husband. If you're single in here, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll try to fix that right now. Anybody? No. But we're all waiting. Write this down. While we're waiting, God is working. While we're waiting, God is working. I'm honored today. We... Uh, my sister-in-law is here today. They, my brother and sister-in-law live in Oklahoma and, um, and she is with child. She's expecting, and, uh, they are expecting their third child. And, uh, it was a joyous celebration when I got the call from my brother that they were with child and, and, uh, so excited for him and celebrating with him and joining the three clubs like us. And how I many, you know, the, the, the conception the very beginning is an exciting moment. It's awesome. It's great. It's there's, there's so much anticipation. You can't wait to tell everybody. And there's the announcement and there's all that comes with it. And then unfortunately, it's not like the baby gets delivered tomorrow. how many, how many wives would like that one conception? And then we're just going to the hospital tomorrow. and get this thing out. Let's just speed this. Pro- but how many know that from the promise of the conception to the fulfillment of the delivery, there is nine months of waiting of waiting and here's the really cool part though in the waiting God is working what's God doing? He's making this baby He's making it He's putting the personality and all the stuff and this baby is growing inside of us and you're just like get this out of me when is this going to show up? when is this going to happen? and thankfully with most pregnancies, you kind of have an idea of at least you, you can see like the light at the tunnel. Like it's kind of you got close to a, a, a deadline of a due date. How many wish that that would happen with our situations, though? Like God, I wish I just had a deadline of when like this relationship with my mom and dad would be restored. But it doesn't happen that way. And the story of Christmas is a, is a, is a story of hope, because this idea, look, look with me in Matthew chapter one. It says, verse 20, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This is to Joseph saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Now, this is the this is the part that I wanted to show you. Fulfill what was spoken by the prophet and look what was Fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Over 300 prophecies. This is just one of them that spoke of this idea that there's a Savior that's coming that's going to save the world. And so let me just breathe some encouragement and some hope into whatever situation you're going into. Listen, this Christmas is not about presents. It's not about parties, and it's not about people. It's about God coming through. That's what Christmas is all about. Y'all know that? The glorious announcement that glory to God in the highest. That that announcement broke 400 years of silence and said God came through. And I don't know where you are, and I don't know what situation you're in where you have lost all hope. All hope on this marriage or all hope on this job or all hope on this. I don't know what it is, but when we believe that God is faithful to his promises and that he will come through, we have hope that no one can take from us. And I I don't know what this next year will will look like for you, but I promise you there will be times for you to be hopeless. And if your hope is in a cure or if your hope is in a person or if your hope is in a situation or if your hope's in a job, you will always lose it because that can be taken. But when your hope is in Jesus, it can never be taken. And you have the hope above all hope. Amen. Amen. The second thing is that God comes to give us is peace. The gift of peace. Isaiah, it's actually 9-6, not 6-9. Not so if you want to make that correction, it's 9-6. But this is what it says. This is a famous Christmas verse. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then what's that last one? Come on, let's try that like we mean it. What is that last one? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Peace. Now, I want you to think about the Prince of Peace and how the Prince of Peace was born. Think about this for a minute. I mean, when you think about the, the story of... Of Christmas, it's really the most unpeaceful story. A 16-year-old girl has an angel come and says that the Holy Spirit is going to impregnate you and you are going to bear the Savior. And then she's got to go tell mom and dad, God impregnated me. Now, how do you think that went? What's happening here? It was God. And then Joseph standing right there. It was God. I didn't touch her. I promise you. I didn't touch her. It was the Lord. Yeah, get you and the Lord out of here. And how many of you know that, that family dynamic? I mean, we don't know what went into that, but I guarantee you that family dynamic was probably a little different after that. So she's kind of an outsider. Here, here, I, I read a thing the other day that said about the consensus where when King Herod said, everybody's got to go and account for, um, for where they are to, to go to Bethlehem and Mary and, and, and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. The, I, a lot of the theologians that I read said that Mary could have stayed back. Joseph could have gone and done it for them. Why would Mary go with Joseph when he could have done it for him? Because she was the outsider. Nothing but peace. No peace in that situation. And so you have that. Then you got King Herod saying you got to go and travel and travel weeks away to Bethlehem. And and so here we are, not only traveling. I don't know if you've traveled, you know, long, long distances. That in and of itself is usually not peaceful. But add a pregnant woman into the mix. Anybody travel with a pregnant woman before? And all the husbands are like, I'm not saying anything. you ain't set me up for nothing. A lot of stops. Uncomfortable. We don't know if it was on a camel, if it was on a wagon, if it was on a donkey. But I don't care what it on. She was pregnant and she was almost about to give birth. And I can tell you it wasn't, wasn't peaceful. Then sure enough, they get to Bethlehem and, and Mary's like, hey, what, what, where are we staying? What hotel are we at? And he's like, oh, I forgot to book that. Hmm. And sure enough, there's no room in an inn. How many know that situation had to be real peaceful? You telling me we don't got a room? I'm sure Barry went ghetto on Joseph. We don't got no room? What? And they find a, we don't know if it's a stable, a cave. They find something. It's. We know it's a place that's filled with animals. We know that he's born in a feeding trough. And uh, I can only imagine what that situation was with Feeding trough, animals, and the, and the stank that had to come from that, alone, nobody there, cold. Come on, how many? when you think of that, you think peace. Now, I know you got your nice little nativity scene. you got the wise men there and the angels like, ah, and all that's going on. But this was a nasty place. <laughs> Nothing is peaceful in the midst. And, and think about this. Just think about this. And the Prince of Peace enters into that. The Prince of Peace could have been born anywhere. Prince of Peace could have been Prince of Peace didn't even have to be born. The Prince of Peace could have been just a king that just came straight from heaven with a bright light and said, I'm here. Right. I mean, this, this guy can do whatever he wants to do. But the Prince of Peace decides to come from a from a woman born into the world and in the most humble of situations and settings And I think for many of us, we go to major extremes to find peace. We try to buy it. We try to make it. We try to have peace. But peace without Jesus is not peace. Let me show you. John 14, 27. Let's read this together. John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift. A gift. Peace of mind and heart. Come on, how many want that this Christmas? Peace of mind and heart. Now watch this. And the peace I give is a what? What is it? Say it out loud. It's a what? It's a gift. The world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. You know, most of us think that a peace is when everything around us is peaceful. But peace, true peace, God's peace is not when the, uh, the doctor's report comes back clear. That's not peace. Peace is not when everything in the house is good. That's not peace. Peace is not when you have absolute certainty of what's going to go on in your future. That's not peace. Peace is knowing that Christ is in you and Christ is with you despite what's going on around you. Come on, that was really good. Peace is the fact that you have confidence that God is in you and God is with you despite what's happening around you. That's why you can have peace in the middle of a unpeaceful situation because your peace is not predicated on what's happening to you. Your peace is predicated on what's going on in you. And so you are the only one who has jurisdiction over your peace. No one can steal your peace. That's what this verse says. The world cannot give this peace and it can't take it away. You know why the world can't take your peace? Because they didn't give it to you. Man, I'm preaching way better than you're saying. This is the peace, the prince of peace. That he is our peace. This is the gift of peace a peace that he gives to you and to us. I love John one fourteen in the message. Speaking of Jesus entering into this scene, into this mess, it says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Come on, how many of you like to have Jesus moving into the neighborhood? You know, you look at those neighbors when they move in like, oh, am I going to regret this? <laughs> Who are these people? It's good when Jesus moves into the neighborhood. Now, have you ever asked yourself, why did God choose to come this way? I mean, he could have came any way. But he came this way. Why did he come this way? Because I believe that God chose the messiest scene to send his perfect son to save us from our mess. God chose the messiest situation almost as just a An analogy to show, listen, I'm entering into this mess because I know you're a mess. You're a mess. And Jesus enters right up into this. Now, for many of us that walk into here, we've bought into what religion says. And religion says, listen, you clean up your mess and then you come to Jesus. But the gospel says you come to Jesus and he'll clean you up. It would be like you got into a major accident, broke your femur, broke your arms and the ambulance shows up and they come, they do the jaws of life to get you out. They get you out. They pull you out and they're like, sir, I'm sorry. You broke your femur. You broke your arms. This isn't good. We need to get you to the hospital right now. And you're like, wait, hold on, hold on. can you take me by my house real quick? I need to change. I don't really like the blood on my, my hands. And can we, and that's what we do. We feel like in some way before we can come to God, we've got to clean ourselves up all broken and messed up. And God says, listen, come to me broken and messed up and I will clean you up because here's the truth. God is infinitely greater at cleaning up your mess than you are at creating one. He's infinitely greater at cleaning up your mess than you are at making one. And all of us in here have mess. All of us have the mess of our lives, the mess of relationships, and God comes in and this story, and He enters in and cleans things up. That's what He does. And that is peace. The peace, the Prince of Peace, comes to give us this gift of hope, the gift of peace, and let's wrap all this up. The gift, the last one, number three, is the gift of forgiveness. The gift of forgiveness. I read this a while back and it said if our greatest need would have been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist If our greatest need was money. God would have sent us an economist. And and if our greatest need was pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. That was our greatest need. And that still is our greatest need. Matthew 121, let's go back and and read this again. We just read it a minute ago, but let's go back and read it. It says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Hey, I, I pray that we in the midst of everything that's going on here, we would not skip so fast over to the wise men and to the shepherds and to the angels that we miss why Christmas exists in the first place. And Christmas exists for the first place because Jesus came to save His people from their sins, to reconcile them, to bring them back together with Him. This verse right here, Matthew 21: 121, 1, 21, is the fulfillment of John 3:16. "For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. And here we have that His Son came to save us from our sins." Don't get me wrong, Christmas is not a holiday from work. Christmas is a holiday from your sins. That's what Christmas is. It's not just a day to be off to celebrate with family. It's a day that God came and he came into this world to offer forgiveness to us. Because Christianity has its roots in both Bethlehem and it has its roots in Calvary. Two separate places. Jesus, when he first shows up on the scene in Bethlehem, crying as a baby and then crying on the cross. That is the story of Christmas. That is what this is all about. Look with me in Romans chapter 5. I want you to see this idea of forgiveness, that God brings forgiveness. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of what? What is it? A gift of forgiveness to many through this, that other man, Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that you and I have is not under a tree. It's hung on a tree. And that is the gift that you and I have today. Have you ever been to a, um, a restaurant? And uh, and you ate the restaurant and, and or you ate the restaurant. I hope you didn't eat the restaurant. You ate, you ate lunch or dinner or whatever at the restaurant. And you go to to wait for the waiter to come to pay the bill, you know, and you kind of do the universal like, check, please. You know, kind of that type of thing. Waiter comes over, waitress comes over and, and looks at you and says, hey, um. Someone paid your bill. Someone, someone took care of that for you. Two thoughts go through your head, I'm sure. First off is, man, I should have ordered a steak. I should have ordered a steak. Right? Come on. Yeah, you ain't that proud. Don't act like you didn't think that. Okay. I should have got the buffet, you know. <laughs> buffet for everybody. And then the second thought, though, is, I can't receive this. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I need to pay for this. I need to pay for this. You know why we feel that way? We ate the food. So we feel like we should pay for it, right? I ate it. I should pay for it. And it feels very awkward for me to have somebody else pay for something that I, that I ate. And yet that's the beauty of the gospel. I sinned. I broke God's heart. And yet the beauty of it is Christ comes and pays for that bill that he didn't owe. He comes and he takes the bill and says, I got this. I got this. Now, how crazy would this be? Think about this for a minute. How crazy would it be for me to tell the waiter, I'd like to pay for it again. Can I pay for this again? Like, I don't feel like that was enough. I feel like I need to pay for that. The waiter would be like, no, no, no. Or maybe the waiter would be like, sure, that's a tip. <laughs> I'll take it. But religion says this, listen. Listen. Religion says, do more, do more, do more, do more, try harder, work harder. And the gospel says, Jesus did enough. It is finished. So all of us walk into here and religion says, you need to try harder. You need to be here more. You need to do this more. You need to do that. But the gospel, God's great message says that what Jesus did on the cross paid for all of that. If we trust in him, we can receive the forgiveness that he gives us from what he did. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift. Here's the gift again, the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. You know, I was thinking about today, most people don't want God to be their Savior. They want God to be their Santa. (laughs) Right? All right, pick your feet up here for a minute. Most of us don't want God to be king and lord of our lives and direct us and guide us and lead us. We just want his gifts. We just want to sit on God's lap and go, "God, I need a healing. Thank you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks when I need something else." God, I need you to fix this relationship. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. God and, and we only go to god when we need something much like santa Come here little boy. What would you like for me to do for you today? And what ends up happening is we obsess over the gifts that god gives us more than the giver of the gifts And this christmas I pray that we would not be so obsessed. Let me tell you why we don't do santa in my house We don't do it now. If you do it, that's totally fine. That's up to you We don't do santa in our house one because I don't want to lie to my kids because if they think there's a fake imaginary man, I don't want them to think there's a fake imaginary God. But two, it's because I don't want a fat, fictitious man to get the credit for gifts that I bought. I worked hard for that. I want the the credit. You with me? Like you opened that gift. I bought that. Yes. (laughs) Y'all with me here? I want people, like I bought that. Yes, me and your mom bought that. And yesterday, listen to me. This is such a great example. It happened yesterday. Yesterday, one of my sons, I won't call him out. He's in the middle. But he, <laughs> Lindsay had bought Star Wars shirts for all my boys for today. When we go see Star Wars, they had all new shirts. And he's been begging Lindsay, I want a Star Wars shirt. I want a Star Wars And she had the shirt. We've had it for weeks. She didn't know we had it. He's like, Dad, can we go to Walmart? Dad, can we go to Walmart? I'm like, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. We'll see. I don't know. So yesterday, she's like, I can't take it. He keeps asking about Walmart and we're going tomorrow. I said, give him the shirts. So, so I'm, I'm in the study working on stuff. She gives him the shirts. I didn't even know she gave him the shirt. She walks in and she says, he didn't like the shirt. I was like, oh, he didn't like the shirt. Really? Tell him to come here. This is no lie. This happened yesterday. Am I right, babe? Tell him to come here. So Judah, Judah, Judah walks in. Hey dad. I said, Hey man. Did you get that shirt? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you wanted a shirt, man. You got your shirt. What you talking about? You, you wanted your stuff. Star- yeah, but I wanted like a Star Wars 7 shirt. And that's like a Star Wars 5 shirt. <laughs> I'm like... And so I began for the next 30 minutes. No lie. I said, first off, just because it was free to you didn't mean it didn't cost somebody Something. Learn that one from Pastor Jacob. <laughs> pull that one, you know, pull that one out. said, so do you understand how much you just hurt your mother? Like she went through all this. She was so excited. She went to Target, got the shirts for all of y'all. She went all the time, picked all that out. And then she gave it to you. And then you looked at it and says, I don't want that. Like, Do you know how disrespectful and dishonoring and ungrateful that is? And yet, we do this with Jesus all the time. God, that's not what I wanted. I wanted this. I didn't want that. I wanted this. And, and, and yet, what we end up doing is we, we miss what God's doing in us because He's working in us. And we miss th- that the gifts that He wants to give us is what we need, oftentimes, not what we want. How many of you know the gifts God gives you is what He knows what you need, not, not just what you want? And so we had that conversation yesterday between a need and a want. Hey, what's a need and a want? You wanted this. You, need, you don't need this. You need this. God, I pray this Christmas that we wouldn't be frustrated with God because He hasn't given us what we wanted. But I pray that we would be infatuated that He gave us what we needed, which was Jesus Himself. He is the gift. You want your marriage fixed. You want the new job. You want a new house. You want all that. That's what you want. But what you need is forgiveness of sins. That's what you need. And here's the truth about all that. When we get what we need, oftentimes God will then give us what we want. But God, I pray that we would not treat God like Santa, but we would treat him like Savior. And we would savor what he's done on the cross for us. Because, listen, he doesn't owe you anything. And the reason my son was entitled yesterday is because he felt like he was owed a Star Wars 7 shirt. I said, you, we shouldn't even have got you a shirt. But because we just love you, wanted to bless you, we got you one. But because you felt like you had to have this, you missed it. God, may we not miss Christmas. Because we're trying to get something that we want. When God's trying to give us something that we need. Amen? Amen. So that is forgiveness at its core. Hey, I want you to take a, a quick look at the screens behind me. You've heard these thoughts before, you've tried to push them away, but at times they're overwhelming. You've disappointed, let down, and hurt the people that you love the most. You're a liar and a phony. You don't live out what you say you believe. God may not hate you, but he's certainly not going to bless you. You've ruined everything good in your life. You don't deserve another chance. The bottom line is, you're not good enough, and you'll never be good enough. But those aren't the only voices in your life. When you listen close, you'll hear him say, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. You know, the best gifts in life can't be bought. The best gifts that you can get this Christmas will not be under the tree, they'll be on the tree. I pray that this Christmas, as we look at our Christmas tree all decorated and nice, that we would think about the other tree, the greater tree. That tree brings fun, but the other tree. The one that Jesus hung on, that brings life, that brings hope, that brings peace, that brings forgiveness. You know, how a guy once tell me, he said, I don't think people can change. I told him, well, you just need to come hang out with me for a week. Because it happens all the time here at our church. All the time. I don't know if y'all know the story of Jessica and Shane Touchett who came come here. They, they were here at the first service Jessica and her daughter were coming to our church. Her daughter was friends with another teenager. They have a teenage daughter. She was friends with another teenager that came here. Her daughter started coming and God started doing a lot in her daughter's life. And her daughter invited her mom to come and her mom came and God started doing a lot in her mom's life. And God literally radically saved her mom. But Shane didn't want to have anything to do with church. Actually hadn't stepped in church for decades. And on it's April something, some, it's April of this year, 2015, Jessica looked at Shane and said, today's my birthday, will you come to church with me? Come on, how many wives in here? Maybe that's a way to get your husband to church. It's my birthday. Can you just give me a birthday gift of going to church? And listen to this story, it's so crazy. Ne- having stepped a foot in church, he said only for maybe weddings and funerals. Walked in through these doors, sat right there in one of those seats, And heard the message of the gospel. And not only was that the greatest birthday for Jessica, it was Shane's birthday because it was the day he gave his heart to the Lord and it was his spiritual birthday. And if you know Shane and Jessica, their life has been transformed. Come on, and that's a powerful story. And I look across this room and I see different people. And we could spend so much time here talking about different people in here that you were lost. You were searching for peace and hope in every other avenue and always came up short. But today can be a great Christmas for you. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a white Christmas because that ain't happening. I don't even know if it's going to be cool. (laughs) You might be wearing shorts. But I'm going to tell you what, it can be a right Christmas and it can be the right one for you. And it can be the best Christmas ever. If you will respond to this. The real question that we've got to ask in wrapping all this up is. Have you been born again? It's the ultimate question. It's really the only question that matters. And at the end of the day. The answer to that is the most important answer in the world. Jesus said unless a man is born again. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. You can't know your purpose without being born again. You can't know Jesus. You can't know peace, hope. You can't know any of that without being being born again. And today God offers a gift by his grace. You can't earn it and you don't deserve it. And he offers a gift of salvation, a gift of forgiveness, a gift of hope, a gift of peace. And you can't buy it. You can't come to church and get it. You can't pray enough for it. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't give enough to get it. The only way that you can get this gift It's to receive it. Don't open that. That's not yours. All right. That's the only way you get this gift. You can't do more. You can't try more. You can't try harder. You just receive it by faith. Jesus said, it is finished. I've done it all. And so today I want to offer that gift to you. I I want you to be born again. I want today to be your birthday you turned your life over to God and God radically changed you. I want us just to close our eyes in this room. Let just bow our heads. Father, in this moment, right now, God, those that walked into this place may be hopeless, no peace. God, feeling like even as that video, just, I, I, I can't, I, I don't have enough. I don't, I don't measure up. Got to pray in this moment, right here, right now. Holy Spirit, you're drawing people. You're drawing people. God, you became a baby, you became a child, so that through your life, your death, and your resurrection, we could be children of God. That's why you came, save us, to restore us, to bring us back. There's those of you right now, you can feel it, Your, your heart is beating out of your chest, you know, God is calling you home, he's drawing you in. And if you can't can't answer, yes, I've been born again. Now, I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about being christened. I'm not talking about if you've joined a church. I'm talking about have you been born again? Have you received this gift of salvation? And if you don't know, if you're not sure, today is a day to make it sure. All across this room, I want you to all across this room on the count of three, just raise your hand if that's you. One, two, three. Come on, count me in. I want to be born again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. This is your moment. Today is the day of salvation. 12, 13. Thank you. You can put your hands down. 14. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today is the day. Spiritual birth. God is going to come in, give you a fresh start. Anybody else? Anybody else before we pray? Thank you. Thank you so much. Come on. All together. I want to pray this all together. All of us make this declaration today. As we come and finish out this service, will you pray this with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe on the cross you took my guilt, my sin, my shame, that you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go there. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father today. I repent and turn away from sin to be born again. I receive you as my Lord and my savior in Jesus name.